On today's show, we preview Game 5 of the Cup Final with Lord Stanley's mug in the building. Can Florida make it a six-game series? We'll touch on that. William Nylander lands on the Athletics trade bait board, but what would a contract extension look like before we get into trade discussion? All that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano from TSN, and my guy Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into the hockey, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA championship, and a special congratulations to Jamal Murray from Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, massive for them all series long, so little Canadian content in the NBA Finals and a big part of it, obviously, uh, for him. So just wanted to give a, a quick special shout-out, I suppose, to Denver and to Jamal Murray. Did you get a chance to watch any of the game there, Dave? Oh, yeah. I mean, that fourth quarter was so intense. Very, It was just extremely back and forth until the final, like, 30 seconds. We saw a little vintage Kyle Lowry in that court, too. Shout-out for former Raptor Kyle Lowry doing his best to try to keep that uh, series going but man i'll tell you this that foul call late in the fourth quarter the one that stood after the review ridiculous i will give denver credit because that's something that held them at first and then they kind of woke they kind of said okay we're gonna push this aside we're gonna keep uh keep pushing forward so credit them for doing that but yeah what a what a game what a game to end that nba finals yeah yeah that was just it was a outrageous foul by the way no chance that uh that that should have been a foul on jimmy butler um or when jimmy butler like kicked aaron gordon in the nuts and somehow the balls ended up getting the foul on the play but whatever i'm not an nba official it sounds like nba officiating is just as uh just as bad as nhl officiating sometimes when it comes to looking at reviews, thinking one thing is obvious, and all of a sudden, nope, not the case. All righty, whatever. Uh, with that, uh, you know, that's one Florida team down, one more Florida team to go, potentially, if you're Vegas. I mean, was was this a bad omen if you're the Florida Panthers seeing Miami go down in five games the night prior? Well, I mean, the other thing about these two series, you have a powerhouse team going up against an underdog, like, both underdogs, not just an eighth seed Miami team. Like yeah. it's pretty, pretty like the same thing. You have two two division winners in uh, Denver and in Vegas going yeah. up against the eighth seeded Miami Heat slash Florida Panthers. Like both of these Florida teams made miraculous runs all the way to the finals, where they finally got stopped dead in their tracks to a team that's just just flat out better. And it, it is funny, the the parallels between the NBA and the NHL finals. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's crazy how 
like how similar both leagues are in this regard because we always hear about you know both teams usually in the NBA finals are superstar teams. Yeah. In the in, in the NHL, you can get that Cinderella story a little more often. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's I mean, what a time for Miami too because I'm gonna bring up another sports reference, but Leo Messi signing in Inter Miami. Yes. At the same time that both teams are in championship finals, like. What a time! Like Miami's already a fun place, and now they just get more fun. Yeah, like they. But I mean, the the Heat are now eliminated. Like yeah. they're not bringing home a championship, uh, and the Panthers are down three one in their series as they try and extend it tonight um, in Vegas. So we'll see if they can do that and keep the fun vibes alive in uh, in in South Beach for a couple more days. But you know what what. What chance do you actually give them of doing that and forcing a game six tonight? Like, do you, do you think that it ends tonight? Does Vegas win the championship in five, much to the way that you just saw the Denver Nuggets do it with Miami? And, you know, Vegas, not a very far, uh, far way to go to party on the strip. I'll say that, too, if they can accomplish the feat in five in Vegas as opposed to having to go back to Florida and then fly back to Vegas and then hit the strip be pretty easy to go straight from T-Mobile Arena right out onto the street. I just uh, we kind of discussed this when Florida lost Game Four. Like that's a banged up team. Like they're they they've pushed really far into these playoffs, farther than anyone could have thought. And you're starting to see that that catch up to them. They played a lot of games. Yeah, they had you know the sweep sweep, and then the five games in the rounds two and three, but. It's not just the the how many games they played. It's the physicality that they bring. This is what happens when you have a team that's so physical. Injuries more likely to happen, and it's just it takes a toll on you physically. So that's where that's why I'm I'm I don't see Florida extending it. But again, they just need to do what they've done throughout these playoffs. Keep it close, and you just get that break or you get that one goal you need to extend it. So. Not out of the realm of possibilities, but it's going to be really tough to imagine that. Yeah, in terms of who's playing tonight, Kachuk um, is technically day-to-day. There was no answer as to whether or not he was going to play when asked yesterday. They, you know, asked and they said he's getting treatment and they'll know more tomorrow. But very clearly, if you watch the way that he played the other night's pregame and even, you know, the fact that he had, what was it, 10 minutes between shifts in the third period, before finally going out there, like he was just gutting through that entire game and then tried to go out there in the last two minutes with the, with the net empty to try and spur some sort of miraculous comeback and take it to OT again. Uh, Almost did too, but he's clearly playing at 50%. I mean, his shoulder is not looking good. And if you're the Florida Panthers, you have Kachuk at, at 50%, maybe even less than I don't like your chances at, at, you know, being able to come back in the series. I mean, can Bob steal a game here tomorrow or tonight in game five? Perhaps he could, but ultimately I, I think that this one is is all but over. Uh, this is Vegas's game to cup to win. They're just the deeper team, they're the faster team, the stronger team. They're they're really the special teams have been crushing the Florida Panthers in all aspects of the game. Vegas has been better, even between the pipes. Obviously, Aiden Hill's been better than Sergei Bobrovsky has been so far through uh, through the Stanley Cup final. So 
I won't be shocked at all if this thing gets wrapped up tonight, similarly to the way that we just saw the Denver Nuggets do to Miami in five games. Yeah, no, and uh, it would like Florida should give the they're getting so much, a lot of credit because nobody expected them to be there, but. This is kind of what happens. It, it reminds me a lot about Montreal when they went up against Tampa in yep. 2021. Like, there's only like the the Cinderella dust does wear off at some point, right? And I think it's it's getting to that midnight point with Florida. Like, I give them a lot of credit. They they found they found that formula. They they were able to ride as long as possible. Unfortunately, they found a team in Vegas that was able to overlook that. And uh, yeah, so. I also like watching the the Nuggets win tonight uh, in the finals. To win it at home, it's just it's such a better ambiance and atmosphere. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember when the Raptors won in 2019. Like it was road. They closed down the Oracle. Remember they closed down the Oracle. Literally closed down Oracle. The Oracle and Masai Ujiri almost didn't get to celebrate because like the police officer wouldn't let him out on the floor. Until Kyle Lowry is like, yeah, no, this guy like built this team. So yeah, he's yeah, the president him. of the franchise. Let this man on the floor, please. Yeah. So I, I just think like the 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 idea of winning at home, winning in Vegas too. Like the Capitals won it in Vegas um, back in what was it twenty eighteen? Yeah. So yeah. They they had like it was just the party of all parties. And apparently it's part of the reason why maybe they didn't do so all the following year after that, but you know, I think, still swimming in swimming in fountains. I think, Oh, I, I, I would just love to see what that party is would be like. like. If you're in Vegas right now and you have a chance to not even go to the game, but be a part of the after party. It's going to be unreal. So question for you, if they do finish it up in five games, who wins the Conn Smythe Trophy? I'm sticking with Jonathan Marcheseau. I'm so, currently on FanDuel, Jonathan Marcheseau is heavy favorite at minus 600. But I got to tell you, for Jack Eichel to be plus 2100 is such good value. I am currently placing a wager as we speak on Jack Eichel to win because there is a strong chance that he still could. I mean, to me, he's number two behind Marcia. So, and the fact that you're getting 21 to one odds on that, I think is just ridiculous. Like you throw five bucks down on this thing and you're winning a hundred bucks. Like, I think that's insane. So uh, Jack Eichel to me is actually an interesting, uh, an interesting little sprinkle. Uh, I would call it a value bet at this point. Is Marcia. So the likely winner? Yeah, probably based on how, you know, how many goals he scored in this series and he's come up big and clutch. But Jack Eichel, man, for him to 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 be at twenty one to one compared to, you know, one to six, I, that's that's just supremely good value over on Fanduel. Uh, but we'll see what happens we'll tonight. Say, though, I got, I remember when we were giving our thoughts on who we thought would win it. Beginning of the series, I did say Jonathan Marshall, and I got him at plus two thirty. So I got him at plus money. So just to see how much is swayed, just from the start of the series till now. Plus two thirty. He was like plus six fifty at the start of the series. Okay, maybe I did it after game one. Okay. Might have been after game one because I think he scored twice in game one. Yeah, so maybe that's what happened. Uh, I, I, either way, either way, I got him at plus odds because you can't. 
you go look anywhere, you can't get him at plus odds. No, God, no. No, no, no. He's heavy favorite. Heavy, heavy favorite. But I got him at plus 650 to win Con Smythe. I got him at plus 750 to score the most goals in the series. Both of those looking good right now. And then I also have 14 to 1, uh, a wager I placed back in November. A little futures on the Golden Knights to win uh, the cup. So, you know, if 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 the Golden Knights win tomorrow night or tonight, rather, by the time this is being heard, and uh, and you've got Jonathan Marchessault with a little bit more hardware, I'll have a nice night. Let me tell you, Dave. Very very nice night. Um, all right, so we'll see what happens in that game, though. Should be a good one, obviously. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping like that this actually ends tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I don't know why. And I know I'm going to hate myself for saying this like later on in the week, but like I'm ready for the off season to begin. And like this, I don't know why this cup final just has not, it's been taking so long because there's been so many days in between games where I'm at the point. It's like, let's just wrap this puppy up and let's just get on with the off season there. There's already been a couple of trades. So now I'm kind of itching for more. And I know that'll all open up once it's over and the GMs get back to, to uh to business in the in the trade market so hopefully it does end tonight that's the the selfishness in me hoping that that happens and then we could get the you know silly season underway the off season speaking of silly season in the off season on the other side dave let's get into what's going on with william nylander we talked a lot about austin matthews and you know the the impending potential extension for Austin Matthews, but Nylander's in the exact same boat come July 1. So we'll talk about the likelihood of that happening, what it would take. And he also landed on the Athletics trade bait board. So we'll also have a little chit-chat as to why we think that could be, uh, which could tie into the contract discussion. So we'll do all that on the other side. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our good pals at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On At Least podcast. This is Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. We do it each weekday, Monday, through Friday, if you've enjoyed the conversation so far and you want to stay up to date with what's going on within Leafs Nation, make sure you are subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts, also up on YouTube. We'll be, we were a 365 kind of show. All year round, we'll be putting out uh, Leafs content. Even in the summer during the offseason, we'll still be keeping you up to date on what's going on in Leafland. And right now, one of the big conversations that's uh, that's happening within, you know, the Maple Leafs Nation is what's going on with William Nylander. You know, there's over the course of the last few weeks, it seems like, uh, you know, the the conversation moves swiftly from okay, Kyle Dubas to Brad Trilliving, and then it's like, okay, what's going to happen with the coach? And then now it's, you know, what's going to happen with Austin Matthews? Is he a priority? And now all of a sudden the conversation has moved on to, uh, to William Nylander and what's going to happen with him because Dave, as we both know, he's got one more year left on his contract uh, at 6.9 million bucks. But once that year is done, he is a unrestricted free agent and he could walk as a free agent, go wherever he pleases 
So what the Maple Leafs are hoping to do and uh, could do come July 1st is come to some sort of agreement on a contract extension, get this guy signed up long-term, and hopefully we don't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Dave, uh, what do you think is the likelihood of this actually happening? The fact that William Nylander does indeed end up signing an extension with the Maple Leafs. Like if you had to put an odds percentage of him being extended by the start of training camp, what would you say? I'll go 70%. Okay. So you think that there's, there's a, there's you know, a chance, but it's a, it's a pretty good chance. I don't say there's a, it's, I, I can't guarantee. I mean, no one can guarantee it, but right. I, I'm not like ready to say like it's fair to complete ready. It's done. I, I think it's a high possibility because of, you know, just the way that things are kind of lining up contract wise and, you know, where the cap is going. I think the Leafs are going to, they're going to stick to their guns on keeping these big boys around and they're going to do their best to do it. It just seems like that's the road they want to go down. So what does a Nylander deal look like for you then? If that happens, if he does have an extension in place at some point this summer, what do you think that deal looks like? Oof. I think you're like this is one where they're gonna they're gonna push for term. They're not gonna give him. A, I know some are. And I had a discussion about this actually on the Offside Hockey Talk podcast. Great, uh, great folks over there. And the, the I said the important thing here to remember is, you know, you got to be careful with how much term you give because, yeah, you can give. The goal, try and get the full eight years, and I think that would that would be ideal in a lot of ways to ensure that flexibility going forward. But a lot of players can see that the salary cap is going up, and that just means that more teams have more money to give to the higher end players. So I guarantee a, a, a player like Nylander is going to see that and say, you know what, why am I going to do eight years where maybe if I think I have another shot at free agency here. Let me give myself three to five, three years. I would, I would say three years is what he's probably going to look for. And if I'm the Leafs, that's that's going to be tough to say to do the have to constantly do this roundabout again. Um, that's why you got you try to get as much max term as you can because he's 27 right now. Um, I I can't see them. I think he'll be 28. Uh, sorry, no, he just turned 27. So he's 27 now. I can't see them wanting to go too long. I say like maybe six, seven years, try to do that again. But I think Nylander is going to want that three years if he really wants to take advantage of one last contract. Yeah, if if that. Like we saw Vladislav Gavrikov sign a two-year deal the other yeah. day in, in L.A., and the reasoning for it is because the salary cap is expected to jump drastically two years yeah. from now. Now, keep in mind that Nylander, if you're talking three years, he also does – he's under contract next year as well. So that's actually four years from now sure. that he would become a, a UFA, right? Just, just you know, for, for those who, uh, you know, are wondering. So I could totally see that happening. I could even see him signing it uh, – a two-year deal or a, a shorter deal. Like I could see it just because it sounds as though we may see a lot more of these shorter deals for players to kind of time the market for when the cap jumps drastically in a couple of seasons, about five, 6 million bucks, as opposed to just the $1 million jump it's going to have next season. 
So we're expecting to see some more shorter term deals. But to your point, I don't know if you're necessarily going to do that with a if if the Leafs are going to want to do that with a guy like Nylander, I I think they would want to get him signed long term. I kind of look at like when I'm looking at a comparable for William Nylander's contract, I I was just taking a look at like where the money is, you know, some guys who are in the range, you know, between eight and a half, nine and a half million, I think. And the name that I kind of stumbled upon where I think it's like, okay, I think he's worth that money. What about the name Matthew Barzell? Like, I think that could be a decent contract comparable for William Nylander. Like, if you look at Barzell, he signed a deal, uh, it, was it last year? Last uh, last offseason it was, I believe, at $9.15 million. So I think that is actually a contract that I believe, you know, the Maple Leafs could look at and say, hey, here's a decent player comparable. He's similar age to you. He's 26, like he's a year younger, actually. And, you know, you're both good goal-scoring playmakers. He plays down the middle, but also kind of kicks out to the wing. So he, you could even argue and say, hey, he could play center sometimes. That's worth a little bit more money, you know. So maybe $9 million is about where they may want to settle at, but I could see them just, say, you know, sitting there and looking at that deal and saying, no, we want either exactly the same or like nine two five or something like that, maybe even a little bit of a bump up because – salary cap percentage will be in a different situation um, next season than it will be obviously when that contract was originally signed by Barzell. But like, does that sound like a decent comparable for you? Like a Matt Barzell type of contract? I think so. I mean, I, I talked about on that, on that podcast about Miko Rantanen too, just because of like comparable. Yeah, I think Rantanen is a far superior oh, player. He's a better player because of the role he plays and, you know, Obviously, the point production's there. He's just a better player. Like I, just, he's just a better player. I don't even know. Like, there's no qualifiers there. I mean, this guy scored 55 goals I'm this year. Like, that's a ceiling. If you're like looking for like a ceiling for Nylander, like you can't go past that. Because I know Bar, I know Rantanen signed. I think it was two seasons ago. It was, it was just before McKinnon signed his deal. Yeah. So not that far off, and. I, I'm just saying that in terms of just trying to figure out that that sweet spot, right? Uh, Tim Stutzla, I mean, obviously a younger player, 8.3. Like I think Nylander, whatever number, is going to start close to 9. I can't see him going below 8.5. No, God, no. No, yeah. no, no. I don't see that happen either. Like If, if, if they're looking to get him at under 8.5, I don't see that negotiation going very well. Um Here's the one thing that is somewhat, I don't want to say worrisome, uh, but it definitely is a bit of a red flag when we're talking about the Maple Leafs trying to negotiate with William Nylander. Nylander's agent is Louis Gross, Dave. Louis Gross. Are you familiar with his Louis Gross's other pro, high-profile athletes in the NHL? A thousand percent, and it's one Brad Living knows quite too well. Not That's in a good right. way. Uh, that would be what Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau. And then if 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 y'all remember what happened last year in Calgary, Brad True Living kind of botched the Johnny Goudreau negotiations with Lewis Gross, and it did not go well. He ended up walking as a free agent after True Living apparently thought, you know, they were heading towards getting a deal done. Craig Conroy said this exact same thing at his press conference when he took over as general manager in Calgary a couple of weeks ago. And ultimately, you know, there's a report out there that Trey Living 
lowballed him in the at the beginning of the the uh, window of of extension, like July one of last year or the year prior. Lowballed him an offer, and he never forgot that. And then when he went on and had that outstanding season, he essentially decided I don't want to stay in Calgary. I felt disrespected and he decided to go and take literally less money in Columbus. So is that a concern? The fact that, you know, there is, I don't want to say bad blood or maybe bad faith between tree living and Lewis gross, but there was uh, a situation where tree living and gross were unable to come to an agreement prior to, uh, you know, during that whole situation, does that mean that it's going to happen again? No, not necessarily. But I do think that it is definitely notable that Nylander and Goudreau have the exact same agent. And, uh, you know, tree living didn't go so well when he tried to negotiate with Goudreau and Louis Gross. Will he learn from that with William Nylander? Perhaps. But what he could potentially also learn from that situation, Dave, is if conversations are extending a long time instead of continuing conversations, maybe he looks to just flat out trade William Nylander, which could also be, uh, be in the cards. Why don't we take a quick break? Let's come back because Nylander has actually landed on the athletics trade bait board. So we could dive into that discussion just a little bit. Uh, we heard um, Pierre Lebrun was on, overdrive talking about this earlier today as well so we'll touch on both of those on the other side i'm mike DiStefano with dave morisuti you listen to lockdown these podcasts part of the lockdown podcast network it's your team every day welcome back into the lockdown these podcasts it's mike DiStefano and dave morisuti so we're just talking about the william nylander situation he is eligible to sign an extension come july 1st However, um, you know, we, we do know how he dug his heels the last time that he had a contract negotiation. So I would imagine that we'll see some similarities in the way that uh, he goes about his business this time around. And if that's the case, there's a possibility based on how things went with Johnny Goudreau and, and, and how he just, you know, battery living had to see Goudreau just walk out the door for nothing, potentially... That's a learned lesson for tree living. And if nothing gets sorted out or he feels like negotiations are going stale or they can't come close enough, potentially, Dave, do you think we could see a situation where Brad Trilliving, although he says, I like these core four players, although Brendan Shanahan talked about wanting to keep them together, if this situation happens, how likely is it do you think we could see them deal Bill Neither a shot guy? I mean, if there is one player that you're not going to want to do that song, and, and LeBron did say they don't want to go through that it, that thing where they go back and forth and, you know, Nylander potentially. Now, good thing is Nylander won't sit out <laughs> next se- going into the season. Right. But what he can do is say, this is my dead date for getting a contract extension done. If we don't do it, I'm not negotiating into the season. I don't see Nylander wanting to be that guy that wants to negotiate into a season. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I don't think that it would be Nylander putting that date. I think it'd be Trilliving putting that date. He should. And that's where I'm getting to. I think Trilliving should say, you might have your date. We're going to have a much different date. Give me your 10 to 12 teams. And I think what Trilliving should do in this case is if they can't get a deal done, all right, 
what do you what what team would you consider? Kachukum, Kachukum, Matt Kachukum. That's exactly where I was going at because people will say you know Florida did really well in the Kachuk trade because of the player they got. Bradshaw Living did quite well getting something back for Matt Kachuk and not get doing having what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. Right, there was that situation where like Kachuk really did not want to be there and he was going to force their hand one way or the other to to do something so that's what i think they need they it's you have to start playing hardball somewhere i think if you make that if you make that clear with nylander i think it sets a precedent with the next guy coming after and that's mitch marner because austin matthews you're not doing that really too we already heard how much of a priority austin matthews is yeah you're gonna want to make sure you're not gonna get you're not just emptying out the whole treasure chest awesome Matthew. Right. no blank check situation but no but with william neiland or mitch marner there's gonna have to be a falling in line there's a pecking order here a little bit of priority and who's getting what and i think if you set that precedent with neilander the the mindset for mitch marner now changes a little bit because he can't play that card like he did with like like he did in his negotiation where he didn't show up to camp right away and we're just like oh is this Nylander all over again the Leafs gotta nip this in the butt right away yeah yeah I, I I completely agree I think there's there's gotta be a drop dead date where they decide okay let's let's have let's try to have an extension in place by maybe it's July 25th arbitrary date but by July 20 I know July 1st is one that a lot of people are kind of keen on and you know because July 1st is the day they can sign an extension. It's also the day that Matthews and Tavar- Matthews and Marner's no trade clause kicks in and then a modified no trade kicks in for Nylander. So there's a lot of fixation on that date. But honestly, I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be, um, you know, awful if, if neither of those two are signed by like 1201. PM, you know, on, on July 1st. I don't think that that's the, the end of the world, but if you do set that date again, arbitrarily, let's say July 25th, that gives you over three weeks to figure it out with Austin Matthews agents. And also with, uh, with, um, with William Nylander's agent, that should give you more than enough time to say, Hey, are we close on something? What are you looking to get? How can we make this work? Because you don't want to walk all the way to, training camp because at that point most teams their cap situations already settled and they pretty much have the roster in place this is where you know the off season is where you have to make big plays like this perhaps even maybe you could try and do something at the draft now for that to work you can't quite do a sign and trade the way that kachuk did because again they're not eligible to do anything until july 1st that being said, I mean, a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, would you be willing to sign something like this? I don't know, perhaps. And all of a sudden, the trade goes down at the draft. Nylander goes elsewhere and also happens to sign an extension on uh, July 1. That would probably make a heck of a lot of sense if that were to happen. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's more likely that we see a William Nylander trade this summer then we do have him. Uh, th- then we do. Then wait, how am I? How am I trying to word this here? I think it's more likely we see him get traded than show up to camp without a contract. There it is. That's the way I wanted to word that. There. 
That's what I think happened. So he's either in camp with a contract extension or he'll be traded before it even gets that far. That's my prediction on how the William Nylander situation gets dealt with this summer. Yeah, I, I just I I think Nylander's the wild card of this entire offseason for the Leafs. Like what they do with him, whether he stays or goes, is gonna ha- it's gonna shape the way this roster is built, in my opinion. Because if he stays, your avenue to add and make other moves changes a little bit. If he's all of a sudden free on the trade market, you can you can get a little creative here in how you want to address certain needs if that's a possibility. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see where that all goes, my friend. Obviously, there's going to be there would be a lot of interest in a guy like William Nylander if he does, in fact, hit the trade market. Um, Mitch Marner was actually put a lot and John Tavares. Actually, I'm looking right now at the others we're watching that didn't make the top 30 on the athletics trade bait board. You do have John Tavares and you have uh Mitch Marner in here. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else. Matt Murray is technically also in this uh in this list as well as the honorable mentions after the the top 30. Uh we'll see if anything like that happens. But uh yeah, so we'll see what happens with with William Elander. It's certainly going to be something that we'll be, you know, talking about more as the offseason progresses. Hopefully we get some information at some point as to what's going on with uh with the Maple Leafs and what's going on with the you know, the um, the visit that he, Tree Living, is expected to have with Austin Matthews. Hopefully we get a you know situation where we know what's going on with the coach, with Sheldon Keefe, get some clarity on that at the very least. Uh, so there's still a lot of stuff to, to get done here for Brad Tree Living. Like, essentially, the only thing he has done is brought in Shane Doan. Outside of that, still 10 free agents that, that need contracts. Now, they're not all going to get contracts, but... You'd imagine that one of them or two of them, maybe three of them, will get brought back into the fold. I'd find it hard to believe that each, all 10, they're just like, nah, we're not going to bother with them. You know what I mean? So I, I would think that we'll get some some news happening over the course of the next little bit. Um, and I would think that it might come sooner rather than later if the cup final ends tonight. So hopefully that does, in fact, happen for, uh, for the offseason to kind of get underway. All right, buddy. Uh, any final words? Anything else you want to say? Uh, let's. Yeah, I'm, I I am ready for the off season. I know I know it's going to make it a lot busier for us, but that's a good thing. I can't wait for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that does it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown These Podcasts on all podcast platforms and receive daily least content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore. More Sudi follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, leave a like on this video, a comment down below. Your thoughts. How does the William Nylander situation play out this offseason? Let us know in the comment section down below. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.